With Long Island local news on February 27th, 2023, I'm Gianna Volpe on WLIWFM. Two top members of the NYPD have signed up to take the chief's exam to work in Suffolk County, Long Island. James Essig, the chief of detectives, and Juanita Holmes, chief of training, are among 16 people who have registered for the March 25th civil service test. Also on the list of 16 test takers is Elliot Cologne, the former commanding officer of the 67th Precinct in Brooklyn. Melissa Klein reporting in the New York Post that the exam will be used to fill Chief's positions for two wealthy and low-crime Long Island enclaves, the villages of Southampton and Lloyd Harbor. Most of the other candidates work for the Southampton Police Force or other Long Island departments. Southampton has been without a permanent chief since million-dollar cop Thomas Cummings left in September 2021 with a payout of $774,000 in unused sick, vacation, and personal time, as well as health benefits for life. His 2021 salary was $274,000. The Southampton Village Board in December voted to hire Anthony Carter, a former NYPD inspector, as the new head of the department, which has about 30 sworn officers. But the offer, which came with a $225,000 annual salary, was made over the objections of Jesse Warren, the village mayor. Carter, who had not yet taken the chief's exam, declined to take the position in Southampton Village earlier this year. The NYPD had its biggest exodus since 2002 last year, with 3,701 cops retiring or resigning. Departures tied to a very uh, variety of factors, including higher pay and lower stress at other departments. In other news, for the first time since the discovery of the ransomware attack on Suffolk County government systems last September, Suffolk County Ledge will return to Riverhead this week. Denise Civiletti reporting on RiverheadLocal.com that the legislature's Committees will meet this week in the Maxine Postal Legislative Auditorium at the Evans K. Griffin County Center in Riverside. The committee meetings take place in advance of the Suffolk County Legislature's next general meeting, which will also take place in Riverhead on Tuesday, March 7th, beginning at 9.30 a.m. North Fork legislator Al Krupski, who represents the 1st Legislative District, stated it's always good to provide access to all residents across our, li- our large, diverse county. Having committees and general meetings of the ledge in Riverhead allows for voices from the East End to be heard. And finally, one East End legislator called them potential extinction-level events for Long Island Democrats. The reference to electoral danger isn't over Governor Kathy Hochul's Goals for improving mass transit and affordable housing, Long Island Democrats say, but rather two key elements of her plan that some believe could cost them in the next election cycle. Yancey Roy reporting on Newsday.com that one would increase the so-called MTA pay uh, roll levy paid by employers in the highest tax bracket. The other would allow a state panel to override local zoning laws. Those are extinction-level events. That quote from New York State Assembly person Fred Thiel, the Democrat from Sag Harbor, who said it about the possible impact on Democrats in Nassau and Suffolk counties if Hochul's proposals were to be adopted as is. Typically, when lawmakers in Albany begin the annual state budget negotiation, aid to local school districts is the number one priority for the Long Island delegation. But with Hochul proposing a generous 10% school aid increase, her transit and housing initiatives have emerged as top issues so far, legislators said. 
Long Island Republicans are opposed to both Hochul initiatives, but with fewer than one-third of the seats in the Assembly and Senate, their influence on state budget negotiations is limited largely to applying public pressure. Democrats, on the other hand, will have an important role in shaping the Assembly and Senate budget counterproposals, which are usually unveiled in mid-March and set the table for negotiations with the governor. New York state finance law requires that the executive and legislature issue a consensus report on tax lottery and miscellaneous receipts uh, on or before March 1st. Rating the weather in Sag Harbor in honor of our next guests, Catherine Soka and Tommy John Schiavone, joining us for the first Monday meditation underwritten by Ola of Eastern Long Island uh, to talk about the 121st birthday of John Steinbreck and the uh, celebration at Barron's Cove tonight, I believe, as well as the successful preservation of the site where he wrote his iconic American novel, The Winter of Our Discontent. Looking like increasing clouds today with a high near 38 degrees, north wind 5 to 9 miles per hour becoming light and variable tonight. Snow before 4 a.m. tomorrow morning, then snow and sleet. Low around 34 degrees, wind chill between 25 and 30. East wind 9 to 18 miles per hour, gusting as high as 30. Right now it's 35 degrees, and we are working toward the bottom of the hour uh, when we'll have our winter of discontent tracks. Uh, first thing I'm going to do right off the bat is hop past the Doors and the Abbott Brothers, Wintertime Love and Winter in My Heart. Jeez, I might even hop past Grand Funk Railroad's Winter in My Soul, though. I love that track. Opening with Fleet Fox's White Winter Hymnal. Now we've got the Bangles, Josh Rouse and Robert Bruey leading us to the bottom of the hour. Uh, then we'll give you a little Gordon Lightfoot, unless we've got to bring on our guests, I'm Gianna Volpe. These are Fleet Foxes, and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM, 88.3 on the FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9 if you're listening from central or western Suffolk County, streaming online to wherever you may be at WLIW.org slash radio.
scarves of red tied round their throats to keep their little heads from falling in the snow. And I turn around and there you go. And Michael, you would fall and turn the white snow red as strawberries in summertime. This will be pretty on point here. Josh Rouse's Winter in the Hamptons from the Nashville record of 2005 on WLIWFM. Stay too long. Spring is finally here and we're so well 
Of my skin and letting go, 
never tasted good to my soul. Oh, down the line, I'll have to pay and justify if I don't make it whole before the light of way to go. So until then I'll visit you in our sleep Curls of your hair in my soul You know I'll keep in letting go Never tasted good to my soul Ah, oh, down the line I'll have to pay and justify If I do make it whole for the light of winds and goes I'm gonna make it home before the light of winds and goes I'm gonna make it home before the light Celebrating John Steinbeck's 121st birthday here on the heart of the East End on Long Island's only local NPR radio stations. We've got lots of winter of discontent tracks for you to lead you to the top of the hour and the end of the edi- this edition of The Heart. First, a little Gordon Lightfoot. And um, you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only Local NPR radio station, WLIWFM, a nice track for those out there listening to the replay. It's Song for a Winter's Night on WLIWFM. Lamp is burning low upon my tabletop. The snow is softly falling. The air is still in the silence of my room. I hear your voice softly calling. If I could only have you near to breathe a sigh or two. Be happy just to hold the hands I love on this winter night with you. The smoke is rising in the shadows overhead. My glass is almost empty. I read again between the lines upon each page The words of love you sent me If I could know within my heart That you're alone too I would be happy just to hold the hands I love On this winter night with you 
fire is dying, now my lamp is growing dim. The shades of night are lifting. The morning light steals across my window pane, where whips of snow are drifting. If I could only have you near to breathe a sigh. To hold the hands I love on this winter night with you, and to be once again with you. I missed announcing Robert Bruy as Before the Light of Winter Goes from the Silver Burning Sky record. I'm going to be bunny hopping past Taylor Swift, Taylor's version of Forever Winter, play Winter of Our Discontent uh, Content from Diamond Jig Band. Stay tuned, Catherine Soka and Tommy John Schiavone talking 121 years of Steinbeck right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. W-L-I-W-F-M.
the Diamond Jig Band, leading us to the bottom of the 10 o'clock hour. A little after 1 o'clock, if you're listening to the replay, and that means it's time for our Monday meditation, underwritten by Ola of Eastern Long Island, our first Monday meditation underwritten by Ola. We love that. Uh, and I love... I feel like I really did something right. I had the Monday segment unbooked going into the weekend, and I am so glad that I asked Catherine Soka of Canio's Books to come in. What could be more perfect than celebrating the birthday of John Steinbeck shortly after the Valentine's Day unanimous vote to preserve John and Elaine's uh, homestead right out here on the East End? Tommy John Schiavone joining us good, with Catherine. Good morning. So wonderful to have you. This cool. makes three Schiavonis so far, but I'm sure and counting that I'll interview. <laughs> there are quite a few of us, so it's a good start with three. <laughs> and I, and I, you know, I do want to I do want to start because at first I, I didn't I didn't know the connection until Catherine let me know about how. Uh, what's what's Marillo's? What's the the name of Marulo? Marulo. And, and you were saying that um, Tommy John is an ancestor of the, one of the people that was modeled in uh, the winter of our discontent. But I do want to say that Steinbeck himself might not be too impressed that we're making that connection. He says in, in the uh, beginning, readers seeking to identify the fictional people and places here described would do better to inspect their own communities and search their own hearts for this book is about a large part of America today. Um, I am just so, I am impressed at what has been done to preserve a piece of history, especially for writers. And uh, the site uh, where Steinbeck wrote The Winter of Our Discontent, what a beautiful thing. Can you talk about what it was like for you personally uh, being a member of the town council and also someone with a connection to to this novel. This was an incredible opportunity for the town and for the village of Sag Harbor and really for the South Fork of Long Island, East and Southampton towns. Um, it was exciting. It's an exciting project, uh, not easy project as well. When it came onto the market, it was it, it really came with a very very hefty price tag, and uh, so. The whole process took about two years, and I want to give credit to to a number of people. Uh, one is Catherine Soka, who is sitting with us today, and I, I certainly will let her address some of the things uh, that she would like to talk about, but also the Sag Harbor Partnership, who stood up and really did uh, the lion's share of the work uh, behind the scenes, um, the Southampton Town Board, of course, and, uh, and our assemblyman, Fred Thiel. Yes. You know, Fred Thiel, really, he is the, uh, him and Senator Laval, the, you know, they created uh, the Community Preservation Fund. Amen. And it was this fund that uh, gave us the opportunity and the ability to, to see this to fruition. Without, so, the, without the CPF, how could something like this even happen? Mm -hmm. And in addition to uh, the creation of this legislation that gives the local towns the ability to uh, preserve sites such as this. And we have quite a few in the town of Southampton, which we could do an entire show on, but um, I'll spare everybody. <laughs> um, uh, he also uh, procured grants from New York State to, uh, to help in the purchase 
of these development rights on on the property. So it wasn't just Southampton Town. It was. Um, it I was, didn't realize that. I didn't realize that there was there were other uh, things that needed to come in in order to secure this. Mm-hmm. Susan oh, Mead yeah. with the Sag Harbor Partnership uh, has procured uh, three quarters of a million dollars from the state of New York wow. to help in this effort. So you know, we really could not have done it with, without without uh, Assemblyman Thiel. Yeah, could I interject? Please, certainly. Wouldn't mind. I mean, first of all, good morning. It's good great morning, to be here, Gianna. Thank you. So for happy to have you back us on uh, to talk about this very auspicious event and the fact that we're celebrating tonight at Barron's Cove and everybody who's listening, come and join us between five and seven. We're going to be there to celebrate the victory of preserving John Steinbeck's home. And also we're going to be doing a little bit of a mini fundraiser because we still do have a few more dollars to get to the finish line. 200,000? Uh, less than that, yeah. okay. one eighty, and maybe even less than one eighty. Okay. So every every minute, you know, the the tick, the clock is or the the amount is going down. But I want to thank you for starting with that quote, because I want to take it take us back two years. Two years ago, John Steinbeck's house went on the property. We were in the middle of COVID. Uh, oh, went on the market. You mean okay. went on the market? Yeah. Uh, we were in the middle of COVID. Nobody thought that we could preserve John Steinbeck's home, or I would say almost nobody. Every, I sent the alarm out to far and wide. I spoke to Fred, who really is an angel and has come to our aid here. Of course, Tommy John and I spent many conversations early on trying to figure out how we might be able to make this happen. But there was a tough time. I mean, so much was in, in question at that uh, moment in history. We were weighed down, really, by uh, a lot of the just living the everyday life. Right. And so what I tried to do, everybody looked at it through the lens of the asking price. Right. But for me, I flipped the lens and I said, we have to realize that what we have here is something that's priceless. Yes. And we have to kind of rally together as a community. And so that is how it began. It was with, you know, really our leaders, Tommy John and Fred and the Sag Harbor Partnership that we were able to really start turning this from a dream into a more of a reality. And there's one other thing that I want to say because, you know, what John Steinbeck wrote in The Winter of Our Discontent in large part is what's happening in our community today. It's about the uh, the, the conflict so between true. real so estate true. Yes. and, and uh, real, real estate values and community creativity. It's so relevant. It when, is, you, when you read that story, I was like, this is the story of so many EastEnders right now. So one of the first people that came to my aid was Susan Schillinglaw, who was the former director of the John Steinbeck Center in California. She spent many times at Steinbeck's home in Sag Harbor over the years. And she wrote in the introduction to The Winter of Our Discontent that Steinbeck was America's moral compass in the years 1960 to 1968, which is when he lived in Sag Harbor. So not only did he receive the Nobel Prize when he lived here, which he's that's a field of one. Right. Nobody is in his category. Uh, he also was described as America's moral compass. And I would like to think that we have now honored that person okay. for the ages, thanks to the town board coming forward, thanks to this partnership who's done human work in you know pulling together the complicated aspects of this deal, which Tommy John can tell us more about if you want to get into the weeds. <laughs> well, certainly. Uh, you know, from the very beginning, when I was speaking with Catherine and, and others on this, um, we laid out what, what needed to happen here. And one of the major aspects of this was going to have to be some kind of stewardship, some right. 
make this thing more than just a house, more than just a piece of property, right. but a living, breathing institution in our community. And 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 we found one, and, which is like um, the. I feel like one of the really beautiful amazing. elements of this project is the idea that this will bring writers uh, to a really like truly inspirational historical place to create new work. It, the, you know, a writer's home becomes a home for writers. What yes. could be better? Right. Right. The Michener Center of the University of Texas has the collection, largest collection of Steinbeck writings in the world. Uh, Elaine Steinbeck was from the University of Texas. They have writing programs. They were interested in this, and and they are stepping up to be the steward. They are going to take care of the property. They are going to maintain liability insurance. All the things that needs to happen on something like this, on a piece of property like this, to to uh, make sure that it moves forward. In addition to having a writer center, they are also committed committed to being active members of the community. Writers are going to speak at schools if the schools would like speak in the village of Sag Harbor. We are going to have a writing class for juniors and seniors in, in local high schools. So it, it, to, for the for the Michener Center, it is more than just a writer center, which is really fantastic and I believe honors the legacy of this property and the South Fork of Long Island, but it, they're also uh, committed to community outreach and being a full member of the community. Are there ways that uh, folks here can sort of make sure that the the property is is maintained and and whatnot because I you know Texas is a long way away. Uh, mm-hmm. What we have localized, just making sure that yeah. uh, if I could make a comment about ahead. that and then let Tommy John address it more completely. I just want to also let the listeners know that when we first began here, you know, we reached out to all the local institutions because I think the the original vision would be to have a local institution be the steward, right. and they all thought the idea was great. They were 100% behind us trying to preserve it, but none of them were able to really step forward. Right. So the Michener Center's being able to step forward, I mean, from Tommy John's uh, own statement to me early on was, Catherine, you must get a, a steward that's going to be reliable right. and, and steady. And so we did. And so, Tommy John, if you want to talk more about the local people who now will be able to visit as well. The property is actually going to be owned by a not-for-profit, okay. a, a local 501c3 that is going to own the lease with the University of Texas. Got it. Okay, so, so that's nice. That's right. a nice thing. And on this not-for-profit are going to be members of the Sag Harbor Village, uh, the, the library, um, the schools, local schools, Southampton Town, uh, Stony Brook, Southampton, and uh, neighbors, which was a critical component in yep. this whole um, venture. And, um, you know, so so we are going to locally be involved, and it is going to be one of the institutions in Sag Harbor, like the, the Whaling Museum, like the Meshashamuid uh, Park Board that we have, you know, people who, who volunteer and serve. So we are looking for docents. We are looking for people to step up. And, of course, we are looking to close this gap uh, with right. with some money that we need. Where can and people go? They can go online at uh, the sagharborpartnership.org where there is a contribution portal where they can they can donate. That would be you know no donation is too small and um, you know we are closing the gap but we really need to uh, you need to do that. Hey, if you have more questions, <laughs> you're thinking about helping close that gap, uh, why don't you check out Steinbeck's birthday bash tonight at Barron's Cove? Uh, 5 to 7 p.m., uh, beautiful place. You can uh, consider a Jack Rose, which was Steinbeck's favorite libation, which is uh, what apple brandy, uh, lemon, and a little grenadine. It's, it's pretty pretty. Um, I can't thank you both 
enough for what you've done to help preserve the Steinbeck property and what you continue to do. I'm Gianna Volpe. That's Tommy John Schiavone and Catherine Soka. This was the Monday Meditation underwritten by Ola of Eastern Long Island. Uh, This is Graham Brazier, Winter of Discontent, from his East of Eden record of 2004. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome and you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLI. WFM. The rain cut like glass, wind cut like arrows. In my mind, a flood of blood came down the street so narrow, and the wind off my discontent. Hands with Satan, everywhere was hate. I couldn't see and I couldn't find the key to freedom's gate. And the winter off my discontent. Backwards is evil. I don't want to look back. Cause all I see in my memory is lost friends along the track. And my winter all discontent. That I'm a friend's the only foe. Only comfort that you're Alan Poe in the winter all. My discontent. Mockingbird Hill, Driveway Jones, and Vile Engine. Interesting band titles. But first, we're bringing Catherine Soka back on. She wanted to say thank you to a few other folks. Catherine, who do we got? Hey, thank you, first of all, for extending this. Of course. I, I really want to put out a, a big, big thanks to Jay Schneiderman and the town board. It could not have happened without him. Their vote was historic. I think he recognized it from the start and really helped 
guide us through this whole effort. I love that photo of him in the little. What what shape is that? It's it's not the an gazebo. Octagon? Hexagonal. Wait, wait, wait. Did you take that, Tommy? I took Tommy that John? photo. Yes, I, I did. Love, I love that photo. <laughs> I was like, Jay looks like he looks, he's he's beaming. Yeah. Because it's so, it's so true. I mean, that is just historic uh, happenings. So if I could just also say that that's one of the main reasons why protecting this property in place is so critical because people will go there. They'll sit in the gazebo. They'll look out from the gazebo and they'll realize the sanctuary that Steinbeck had in order to create the last uh, three works that he did. Anyway, I could talk all afternoon or morning about it, so I won't. I just really want to put a big, big thanks out to the team that really coalesced, uh, the core of the team. There were hundreds of people that I cannot thank, but I want to thank April Gornick and John Avlon. They are two creative people who brought their calm, creative, and uh, really encouraging energy to the project, uh, as well as all of their experience. And of course, Susan Mead from the partnership, but Diana Howard, who also is on the Saigara partnership, is an alum of UT and quiet but steady worker behind the scenes. So I just really want to mention them and also the neighbors. I mean, the neighbors really came through and, and that's, that's I, I, key. I, can we talk about that just for a second? Because uh, neighbors are, are always part of any any development project that are happening. So I think what I'm understanding is these were neighbors who were very supportive and, and it wasn't uh, a roadblock element in the project. The neighbors were part of this every step of the That's way. That's beautiful. We had uh, several meetings with beautiful. neighbors. We, we created a, a an advisory committee with Bluff Point Lane and Bluff Point Road folks and, and uh, explained to them and they were part of the development of this. Do you think that including them in the process was uh, part of why it was such a, a smooth uh, process after, you know, you started to really kind of uh, get the get the ball rolling? I, I do. We had public meetings out, you know, on people's lawns of the neighbors where we had 40 and 50 people and and we were presenting our ideas. Uh, you know about this this property and the development and what it's going to be and and what their options were and you know they were faced with with some changes down there you know right. the house was really hasn't been used that much in the past um, so uh, you know they they weighed their options and um, you know they supported this effort so I really thank them and and owe a lot to them a beautiful story of mm-hmm. transparency Catherine yeah. and democracy yeah. So, yeah so just want to also give a shout out to Colson Whitehead who very early on came on as the honorary chair of the Steinbeck House committee that formed and he's a you know Pul- he's Pulitzer Prize and National Book Award winner he was great and public access is possible people will be able to go on the property in years to come beautiful Beautiful. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Tommy John Schiavone and Catherine Soka. This is Mockingbird Hill, Winter of Discontent, from their 2013 record, One Horse Town. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Again, tonight, 5 to 7 at Barron's Cove, celebrate the 121st birthday of John Steinbeck, as well as the per- preservation of the Steinbeck property and closing the gap um, needed to finish things. Uh, again, you can go, what's the website? Remind me again. SagHarborPartnership.org. We'll be back. Am 
Cautiously walking down the sandless street, politely smiling everyone I meet. But inside I'm hurting. There's nowhere to go. Stuck in the sadness of the sleet and snow. Oh, it's here again. This is my winter of discontent, and I can't pretend. This is my winter of discontent, and the sun is my friend. Come see me again. Every day trying to be positive. For every plus there, I'm on negatives. Turn on the TV and there's no escape. Holiday programs shoved right in your face. Oh, it's here again. This is my winter of discontent. This is my winter of discontent, and the sun is my friend. Hear the message I send. Now the question is, when will you free me again? To our guests this morning, Catherine Soka and Tommy John Schiavone, as well as our underwriters, Jennifer Benton and Ola of Eastern Long Island. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is Driveway Jones, Vile Engine on deck. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's now only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Now is the winter of our discontent Got laid off from the plan over the week of Thanksgiving That's when I started drinking alone Just trimming the fats, what they said in the paper But to me it cut right to 
sober up you would leave Well, the last straw came when I showed up shit-faced To your mama's house for dinner on Christmas Eve Now is the winter of our discontent I lost my job and we can't pay the rent You've taken a lover and I've gone whiskey band <laughs> Now is the winter of our discontent This is actually the closest to the novel <laughs> And yes, I've made a love note to myself There's an explicit lyric Apologies. We pinned our hopes on the start of the new year. I dropped the bottle you gotta raise. The same old problems, they reared their ugly heads. You were back in his arms by Valentine's Day. You know, one of my favorite things in life is to be surprised in a good way. And I was definitely surprised in a good way. I did not imagine when I read the name Vile Engine as a band name that they would sound like this. How beautiful. Winter of Discontent. Vile Engine. Ending our Winter of Discontent edition of The Heart. Here on WLIWFM, hear it again at WLIW.org slash radio. Lighthouse shine through the window pane. Room lively in the rain. It's your winter discontent. Runs up to your door What an hour it is to call It's the moment of time's ascent Into the grave of 